Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mission 300 podcast. My name is Jason here with Tommy and David. You might notice if you're one of our regular listeners, there is no Brian, there is no Caleb in this episode. And I know some of you are going to be disappointed. Some of you are going to be very excited because that means you get to hear more from David and Tommy not necessarily me, but we want to discuss something that's been coming up in a lot of conversations and circles lately. The first question I'll kind of want to throw at you guys is how do you know if you're quote on the right path? The reason I bring this up is at least in my circle, there's a lot of transition going on for people, like a lot of major to somewhat major transition going on, not just for my family, but for a lot of people in our circle of friends and family. And a lot of them have been questioning as they've been making decisions on what to do here, what to do there. They've been wondering, how do I know that this is the right choice for me? How do I know this is the right move? How do I know I'm going the right direction? So I wanted to hear from you guys on some things that you've gone through or how you kind of approach this idea of, you know, am I really on the right path? Tommy, you've got kind of a unique perspective on this. Within the last decade, you finished college, started your professional career, um, other personal things going on. I'm not sure if you want to share that with the class or not. David, you're kind of in that high school range where you're, if you're not facing all these questions, like how do you know what you're going to do after high school and how do you know what's the right choice, then you're about to face them. So how have you guys kind of approached this idea? First off, I would say it's a, it's a really, really good question. I think it's something that's super relevant to everyone, no matter what situation you are in life, you always want to know, am I on the right path? Am I going the right direction? And I think personally for myself, it's been, how do I know if I'm on the right path is if I'm connected with God, right? And that comes from going to church on Sunday, it comes from daily scripture, it comes from prayer with God every day. But then I think the biggest thing that helps is getting a group of guys or mentors in your corner that see in you where God wants to take you and can help you along that path as well. And I think for me over the last I don't know. <laughs> However many years I, that that's what's been most helpful for me is being able to walk along with someone. And I think if you don't and I th- if you don't have that go find it. And I think it's one of the the big pillars that we touch on here is mentorship. Is you need to you need to be in connection with other men um from all different ages and all different backgrounds. So one thing you said, when you know when you're feeling connected to God or when you are connected to God, what does that mean? Or are you saying that if you're on the wrong path, then God is going to disconnect from you? Or what does that look like? I would say there's times when I go down the wrong path. And I know because I get disconnected from God. That doesn't mean God's disconnected disconnected from me that he's not speaking to me it's just that i realize i've shut my ears and i i don't want to listen and i want to go my own direction and when that begins to happen you can start to tell i'm I'm going the wrong way and the wrong way might it, it might it might be the right way 
but it's always dangerous when you close your ears to God and when you close your ears to other people in your life to not listen if that is the right direction. And for me personally, walking through like relationships in my personal life, I've seen that when you don't invite God into that, you can quickly find your own direction but it's always the wrong direction and it's always going to lead you astray and it's going to leave doubt, insecurity, worry, and peace will never be there. Peace comes from knowing you're going down the right path. And that only comes from having that like daily connection with God. Throwing it to you, David. Okay. For me, as for knowing I'm on the right path, uh, it's actually something I've thought about, like, okay, this is how old I am. God, what do you want me to do? Sit there, wait for an answer and be like, oh, wait, I don't hear anything. I guess I'll just continue on with my daily life. And, uh, like, I, I heard a lot in, like, Sunday school and things where it's like, you're not too young to preach the gospel or do things. And it's like, yeah. And then I'm kind of, like, at my house, like, okay how how does this look as like they don't give examples on how that works so but i feel like the one thing that i did do is i came to the revelation that uh like this time right now is to study the bible and study and just get good (laughs) And then, like, that's what this time is and how all the people in the Bible, they had that. They were actually in the Bible a lot before and meditating on God before they went in their calling. And so I'm like, I came to the realization, like, oh, this time right now, these years I have before I go to college or before I go into the real world is made for that. But... I don't know about being up. So I believe that that's God's will for your life if you don't know, because it's what you're made to do. And I think it. Do you think it's been easier for you to kind of accept that this is my season to study, to stay in the word and kind of prepare because of your age? Or is there to an extent still some pressure of, well, you got to be out there doing something. You got to be out there starting something. Or is it easier for you to accept because of your age that you don't have to feel that pressure? Yeah, I do kind of feel like it's a bit easier because of my age because it's not like I'm in a job and it's not like I have to think about other things as I figure this out, you know? But see, then you get to Tommy's age being the old man that he is. And I really want, I hope that our listeners at some point start to think that you're like a 68-year-old man, Tommy. That's my goal in this whole thing. But you get to Tommy's age, recently graduated from college, and now the pressure's kind of on because there's this, all of a sudden you get that diploma and all right, studying's done, learning's done, that whole season of life is behind you. you. You're supposed to know everything now, so now go and do, now go and make things happen. And you have to flip that switch, right? You can't learn anymore. You can't study. You can't stay in the Bible anymore, Tommy. You have to be an expert, right? Well, I think that's that's something I wanted to talk about the difference too is there's a difference between 
the path you're on and your identity. Because I can function in my identity on multiple different paths. Now, is maybe that the right path I should have went down? Maybe not. But I can still function in my identity in that. And I think that's an important distinction to make, too, is that sometimes it's not the one right path. And I think that's the hard thing to sometimes realize. And maybe you guys disagree. Maybe you, maybe you guys think there is one hard path that you have to go on. But from what I've seen is sometimes there's, there's paths that will take you different directions, but they all leave, lead to the same place and leave to where you're supposed to go. But it's about whether you're going to function in your identity in that. And that, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm in a sales role right now, but that doesn't change who I am. If I was doing another job, another function, I would still be who I am. I would still have my identity and I would still need to function in my role as a worker in that. And so that's my perspective. I, I think you don't, to say there's one right path and one wrong path, I think is dangerous, but I always think there is a better path and a better path that you should be going on as you walk with God. To add on to that, I've heard the way how there is multiple paths to get you to the right direction, but like you will get there. Like I've heard, uh, I've heard it said where it's like, am I doing God's perfect will for my life right now? And then I've heard it said like, well, you're here. So that means you're doing it right. And I personally don't believe that's true because um, it says that um, in Colossians 1.9, it says that you should pray and ask for knowledge of his will and his spiritual wisdom and understanding to walk so as you to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to him, right? So there's a way that you should pray and ask for knowledge of this will. And I think... Tommy, you are saying that like there is a direction that you're supposed to be going. There's better roads that be, you can be taking. But just because you're a Christian and you're walking the road of life doesn't mean you're doing God's will. Because if you were, then Paul wouldn't have to tell the, the Christians in the Church of Colossae to be constantly praying and asking to be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. I think people confuse walking perfectly with walking correctly at times. So when we're looking at what's God's will for my life, what journey should I be on? What path should I be on? And this is one thing that Jesus faced too, when he was talking to people, like in John six, when they're asking him, well, tell us what to do so that we can work the works of God. And his response is, well, this is God's work to believe in the one whom he sent. So when people come to me and they ask, am I, how do I know if I'm following the will of God? Well, do you believe in Jesus? Are you a believer? Have you been born again? Then you are by state of being and by definition in the will of God from a biblical standpoint. That doesn't mean you're acting perfectly or you're walking perfectly, or you're going to make every best decision when you're presented with option A, B, or C. In fact, it's pretty much a guarantee that when we are presented with option A, B, and C, 
throughout our lives, we are occasionally going to not pick the best one. But one thing that helps with that, so much for me at least, is in 2 Timothy where it says, even when we are faithless, God remains faithful. And I've come to realize that as we're walking the journey, as we are in Christ, the identity is established. We are walking the right journey and we will mess up and we will have potentially detours, you could say, or make the wrong choices. And I'm not even talking about, you know, you fall into sin or do something wrong or I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, well, you have two options in front of you and you choose the less ideal one because your mind is still being renewed and it's imperfect. And it's not like when we make that choice, God says, well, you messed that up. So now you're out of my will and I've got to start over with a brand new plan. Like he's not limited to our weakness in that. So one thing I always encourage people in is if you're genuinely a believer, if you believe in Jesus, then you are in the will of God. There's just this life journey of renewing our minds and how to walk from that identity. Because as we've talked about, we are so used to operating in a different identity that we don't always know or re- respond from the identity we have in Christ. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I want to say I agree with that. And that's a better way of putting it because the way I said it added a bit of controversy. That's a bit unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you put it. Well, there is there are so many... In the Bible, there are so many um, encouragements, I guess, of you guys, you can't do these things. This is the right way to live. Avoid these wrong things. These are the right things. But but I also look at, we, we. I feel like we have so many worldly measurements of what, well, here's how to know if you're on the right path. Like, are you better off financially than you were a year ago? Well, then you're on the right path. Do you have more friends than you did a year ago? Well, then you're on the right path. Is your church bigger than it was a year ago? Then you're on the right path. And then I look at Noah and he was apparently never on the right path because he spent his entire life and didn't convert anyone. I look at Abraham's journey. He tried to give his wife away twice while God was bringing him to, to the promise. And there's so, we don't want to excuse mistakes but at the same time, and, and Jesus, when his brother said, hey, if you want to get your name out there, you need to go to this festival and do some miracles so people get to know you. And he says, no, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm. You guys go ahead. It's not my time to do that. And I just think we've got so many worldly constructs of what, how to know you're on the right journey that we've forgotten how our father leads us. And it can look very different. That doesn't excuse other things. But I think sometimes we feel this pressure of, well, it needs to look this way to be, to be, have the stamp of approval from God on it. You know? Comparison is another thing that'll, that'll get you off your path really quick, especially when we talk about these worldly constructs. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's hard in my age range it's i mean it's probably hard for all of you guys but there's so much going on in life right now it's like this guy got this job he gets this amount of money mm-hmm. this guy's getting married this guy seems to have the perfect relationship with god that all xyz or this person went into full-time ministry maybe i should have went into full-time ministry maybe they're doing more for god than i am 
but it's all a killer of what you're supposed to do. And to focus so much on what others are doing and besides focusing on God, you can get so caught up in all those distractions. It's so incredibly easy. Is it a killer to to your journey if you start doing the comparison? But what if you can start, and I, knowing you, this is something that you do. What if you could look at all those things and celebrate their wins and not be insecure and not let it make you feel like you're not on the right journey? Again, you're not an insecure person. I'm talking more broadly. How how powerful would it be if we could get to a point where we celebrate other people's victories and their journey, even when we're at a point in ours where it doesn't look so great. It's kind of powerful. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. How it's like you see someone who did like this phenomenal thing or like this amazing thing in blah, 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 but you don't take into account that, well, they had to start at the ground and they were at where you're probably at until they reached this. And then it finally exploded you know it's hard to see the in between all the struggle that goes in in to what it made and comparing to the end product i think another thing too to think about is like you don't know what tomorrow holds i get reminded of this all the time with my job it's like why you want to close deals now is because you don't know what the future holds okay a couple months ago, we're waiting on financing from a bank. Well, great. Now, this week, all the banks fail. Right? And so it's like, yeah, what you see in others' life might be a blessing for them. But you never know the path that God has them on. The next day, it could be all taken away. And I think that goes really back to, you know, you got to celebrate others when others are up. But you also got to be there when they're down as well. And I think that goes with having a secure identity is that you know that there's going to be ebbs and flows in life and that on your journey, you're not going to always be up. You're not going to always be down, but you're going to be consistent with God through that journey. What if we, you know, for at the risk of being cliche, what if we have like a challenge takeaway for anyone listening here with your, if you are, wondering, well, how do I know I'm on the right journey? How do I know that I'm on the right path that God has for me? Instead of worrying about that, what if you looked at someone else around you, a friend or a family member, and in some way just celebrate their win, celebrate their journey, and encourage them on what they're doing? And and not just a like a, a winky face emoji that you text them, but what would it be an actual encouragement to someone that you know who's in maybe going through something or at a difficult stage of life or whatever it is that you can come alongside them and be a support to them in that. What does that look like? And maybe I I wouldn't say do that from the motive of, well, then you'll get clarity on your path and your journey because then you're just being a selfish fool, but just show gratitude to someone else. Just go lift somebody else and see what happens. I think that's a, that's a great challenge for everyone to do is really, find someone you know who's walking down a journey and celebrate them. I mean, it goes a long ways and I've had friends, family do that to me. And it's like, wow, <laughs> you, you feel the confidence in, 
it's not you you don't do it for that other person's praise but when you when you are when you know you're walking down the right journey and it feels hard having every little bit of encouragement helps and this whole conversation just remind me of a video i watched the other day and it was um it was just kind of a random video you find online and but I, th- I thought it showed a pretty good point, especially with how do you know you're on the right path? And it was a video of a bunch of people's different lives and what they did. And was was one was like an accounting person and they, they were su- super successful in their career and they died and went to heaven and God asked them, what did you do with the talents that I gave you? I, was, uh, I became an accountant and did all this and all this great stuff in, in his life. Well, he's like, you, you didn't follow where I called you to do. There's thousands of people in different countries that needed you to go to them to hear my voice. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, okay. And then it jumped to a next person. And it was a pastor. It was a pastor at a church of like 50 people. And it went back to when he died. And God was like, oh, what what did you do with the gifts and talents I gave you? And and what did you do? And he's like, well, I had a church of 50 people and I shepherded them my whole life. So he's like, why did you not go into business when I told you to go in business? There's millions of people out there that you could have changed through your business enterprises. And then it goes to a next person. And it's a, it's a mom of two kids. And it goes, you know, God asks her, what did you do? And she's like, I, I, I didn't do much, but I did what I could with what I had. And I raised my two kids to honor you and fear you and pursue you. And he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've completed the call of God. And it goes on to say like these two kids impacted the world for God in many different ways. And I just thought it was really interesting. (laughs) It's the message had a different point, but I think it, it applies here to know if you're on the right path, you should, you should ask God what to do with your calling. Cause you might be put in a position where, you're going to succeed because of the gifts God has given you. But is it going down the right path? Is it what God has truly called you to do? And you can make that pivot at any point in your life. That doesn't have to be when you get out of school or right after high school or when you're starting a family or when you make a big move, you can, you can do that at any moment. And I think it's, that's a really important part of just hearing the voice of God. Any last advice, David, for someone who's wondering how to know if they're on the right path? I don't think I'm far enough in life to give too much advice. It's all head knowledge at the moment. We'll see once we get to the test. I will say this, though. There are a lot of people that I know that rely so much on their quote-unquote real-world experience that they've forgotten that just because the world taught you something doesn't mean it's right. I mean, you don't have to. I'm, I'm just... I'm just saying sometimes people need to get back to the books and out of their, well, this is my experience. This is my lived experience. So it's got to be reality. Mm -hmm. That might've been too sarcastic. (laughs) Hey, I mean, I feel like having both is a plus because it's like a guy that's counseling you on how to go through the war and then you've never actually gone in the war yet. So, yeah, we'll see what happens once I get in the battlefield. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I want to leave everybody with this um, as kind of an encouragement. None of this is about, well, are you walking the path the best way and the most correct way? And I would even kind of pick on that video a bit. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was a point to it and I haven't seen the video, so I shouldn't pick on it, but I have heard a lot of messages on, well, hey, when you get to heaven, God's going to be disappointed because you didn't do everything he had for you. And I think that's stupid because then every human being that's ever existed minus Jesus himself, including the apostles, will be a disappointment to God because you look at Moses. Well, how many more people, how greater of an impact could have Moses had if he didn't get angry and strike the rock that one time instead of speaking to it? Or David, how much greater of an impact could have David had if you know he didn't um, go crazy or pretend to be crazy in the Philistines land and spend all this time running from Saul and could have done it this way, a different way, or even in the new Testament with spirit filled believers, how much greater of an impact could Peter have had if Paul didn't have to confront him about acting one way in front of the Jews and one way in front of the Gentiles. And every single one of us would have a list a mile long of, well, I could have done this better and had a greater impact for the kingdom. But I don't know where we got into our heads that that is the point. The point is not live perfectly because we can't. The point is go. The point is believe in Jesus, understand the depth of what that means. And and you have to kind of chip away at the cliche of Sunday school believing in Jesus to, to get the biblical depth of what that means. And walk with him and walk with the spirit and walk in that faith that he has given you. And your father will lead you on the path and on the journey. And you will make mistakes. When you do make mistakes, take a minute to appreciate how faithful God is even when you mess up. Because that even strengthens the relationship. Obviously, someone's going to say, well, then we should make mistakes so that that can strengthen the relationship. And I will slap you across the face because that's the wrong thing to do. But there is something very empowering about knowing your father is with you, even when you don't do things the best way, because it's his faithfulness that leads and guides us. And there's a lot more we could say on that. And there's probably a lot of questions that come up in this topic. So anybody listening, if you've got any questions or are you saying this, or does Tommy really mean this? Is David really saying this? Then let us know. And we'll, we'll do a whole other episode addressing all the bunny trail questions and responding to the Twitter trolls and see where that goes. But we appreciate you guys tuning in. I know this was a bit of a shorter episode. You missed Brian's voice you missed Caleb's voice, but thankfully you still had at least three of us. So we thank you guys for tuning in until next time. Keep the faith and stay in the fight.